and thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Marvelous Mouse Talk. I'm your host, Marcella Zimmerman, and I'm joined today by Jeff Penfield. Hello. And Amy Kraus. Hi there. As always, this podcast is brought to you from the travel agents from MarvelousMouseTravels.com, where we're creating marvelous memories, one family at a time. While we patiently await the news of Disneyland Anaheim to reopen, we thought this week that we could take a closer look at the differences in planning a Disneyland vacation versus a Disney World vacation. Um, so I brought the two of you on because y'all are my Disneyland experts, um, and I know that y'all spent a lot of time there. So hi guys, how's everyone doing this week? Good. Good, thank you. Amy, welcome to the podcast. I know this is your first one. It's fun. <laughs> thank you. you enjoy it. <laughs> Um, so like I just said, I know like Disneyland hasn't quite given that announcement yet. We're still waiting for it to happen, but, um, I know that there's still people that live, especially in the California region who really miss Disneyland and want to go back, um, and maybe need a Disney fix. So especially for people who tend to go that way on a vacation, um, there's always the option of Disney world, which is now open. So I guess I wanted to take a, let's start with a closer look at the general differences between the two. I know that um, we have transportation, we have hotels. Um, there's so much involved in, in the, the differences. Um, I guess I'll start with what do you see as the biggest difference between planning a Disney World and Disneyland vacation? So for me, um, we went, uh, we're avid Disneylanders and we actually just went on our first Disney World trip in March. And so, um, of course, that was, you know, before a lot of things started changing and planning for that was so different and overwhelming compared to Disneyland, which is something that we, you know, know like the back of our hand and have done tons of times. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me uh, is really that there's actually a lot that you have to pre-plan for um, the best Walt Disney World vacation, um, especially if it's going to be your first one or maybe if it's going to be the only one you're going to get to take you want to really pre-plan it, make sure you take advantage of all the different things, um, get a chance to visit the different parks, have your dining reservations so you can enjoy a lot of the different cuisine that they have there. Um, and just it, there's just a lot involved in planning it versus Disneyland where you kind of show up and go with the flow. Yeah, the, the biggest thing for me is quite literally the size. That's part of the reason why you need to plan it out a little bit more is because Disney World is so much bigger. There's so much more there. And at the end of the day, that means that really the whole system works differently. Like in Disneyland, the two parks are literally sitting right across from each other. You can you walk for maybe a couple of minutes and you've gone from one park to the other. With Disney World, you have to take a form of transportation for almost changing any park. The only one you you can actually walk from one to the other is Hollywood Studios to Epcot and vice versa. But that's a really long walk. I've done it before. Um, and so really that's the, that's probably quite literally the biggest difference. There's so much more there and there's so many of so many more uh, things that you kind of have to take into account when you start thinking about how you want to put together your vacation. So when we talk about the distance, cause I mean, obviously that's one of the biggest factors that people look into. Um, we can also look into the size of the parks themselves. So when you're looking at Disneyland versus Magic Kingdom, you, you are not speaking apples to apples at all. Um, just the vast size of it. Um, is that something yeah. that y'all also take into consideration? 
You know, it's funny because um, I looked up the size, you know, so Magic Kingdom is approximately 142 acres for just Magic Kingdom, whereas Disneyland is 85 acres. And I looked that up before we went on our trip because I was trying to figure out, you know, truly difference. And I heard from so many people that Magic Kingdom is so much bigger. Honestly, while we were there, I didn't feel like it was like, I didn't feel like we did a crazy amount of extra walking. I didn't feel like it was so much bigger than Disneyland, but, um, but it is when you look at it on the actual numbers on the map. Yeah, I think there may be like a few extra walking paths and shortcuts that you can take in Disney World, like with Disneyland getting from, so let's say you're going to Splash Mountain in Critter Country, there's one way mm-hmm. to get there. There's not two ways. There's kind of a new way if you want to go through Galaxy's Edge, but that's not really a shortcut at all. It's like pretty much you, you kind of have to go either one long way and a lot of times because it is smaller, a lot of those routes end up being a little more congested. Uh, especially around fireworks times or any of the shows, because what happens in Disneyland, they use a lot of the different, like, um, you know, when you talk about kind of like New Orleans, that area of Disneyland, they use that for Fantasmic. So that all of a sudden becomes a theater at night. When you talk about Disney World outside of the fireworks, which, yes, you still have that by the by the castle, almost every other show or every other thing kind of has a nice dedicated space to it. So, you know, those, that's one of those kind of pluses about Disney World is that there's not as much kind of random stuff that may get in the way as you try to go from point A to point B. Yes, we did. We noticed that um, when we were there that they didn't have, um, you know, they didn't shut down major walkways and things for parades and stuff um, when we were there. So that was a huge difference than, you know, Disneyland because that happens every every afternoon and a couple times a day, depending on, you know, when you're going and what parades they have running. So um, that was really nice because it did make it getting around Magic Kingdom a bit easier. Yeah, you, you end up planning around more what you want to do than saying, oh, the parade's during this time. Let's make sure where, you know, where we need to be. Or, you know, I think a lot of times the shows would end up being how you decide your schedule sometimes. And, um, yes. Then the, or at least which kind of which place you, you're kind of thinking about as you plan your day because usually you kind of have to do it day of rather than Disney World where it's kind of like, oh, you know, we don't have to worry as much about the parade because there's a way around it. We don't have to worry as much about fireworks or what what have you. I was going to say in Magic Kingdom too, so some of the, just because I know we're talking about the two different parks, but some of the differences on the rides were really interesting as well and something that I don't think, you know, you expect as much. Like Peter Pan was slightly different. Um, Mm -hmm. So even though, you know, if you're thinking, okay, well, I don't need to do it because I've done it, you know, at Disneyland, it's it's a little bit different. So you still want to try to get to do those rides. Um, One of my favorite things about Magic Kingdom, um, which others might not agree because it might not be a huge deal, but my favorite Disney movie is Aladdin. And so the fact that they have the magic carpets um, at Magic Kingdom was so cool. Um, And it's just like the Dumbo ride, but with magic carpets. So I I love being able to go on that ride. Um, and do that. Then the other big ride difference that I found was um, uh, it's a small world. So at Disneyland, that is such a like big backdrop, right? For photos, for seasonal decorations and all those kinds of things. And at Magic Kingdom, and this is true for many of the rides, the lines are inside, which makes sense because it's Florida and there's rain all the time. But I felt like it really took away from kind of the magic that is um, it's a small world from the like outside that you get when you're at Disneyland. 
Yeah, that that is one that is one difference with that one. And then you look at um, Space Mountain is one that's definitely different. Um, I personally prefer the Disneyland version. Space Mountain and Disney World feels a little more like um, uh, Matterhorn for me. If you're if you're a Disneyland person, at least in terms of how the track rides. Um, oh, the, okay. Yeah, Thunder Thunder's a little bit different. Um, ooh. Mm-hmm. ooh. I like Haunted and Disney World better. Haunted Mansion is a there's a little bit more. Um, there's like a I think an extra room or two. Like you first start out going through like a hallway and a staircase that's not in the Disneyland version. But I like the exterior at Disneyland better. Yes, like yes. the exterior was way better at Disneyland. <laughs> right, but as you can see right here, just all those rides, boom, 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 boom. These are all a lot of the main rides at Disneyland. They are different at Disney World. A lot of the lands are different. Oh, Splash Mountain's different. Yeah. Your shoes do not get as mm-hmm. wet, which is important because the water doesn't it's come down. It's longer at Magic Kingdom. Yes, it is. It's longer, and it's also your shoes don't get as wet because it's the the ride because yeah. you have your individual seat instead of kind of having that little. I don't even know yeah. how to describe it. It's, um, it's you're sitting side by side with somebody instead of like stacking on top of each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, uh, I wasn't expecting that. The other thing we have to talk about as far as a big difference and something that I, I love at magic kingdom, um, is, um, Liberty square. So yeah. Liberty square is so awesome and they don't have that Disneyland. Disneyland has new Orleans square, which I would never want to get rid of because that's amazing too. But um, Liberty Square and the Hall of Presidents is an absolute must-see, and especially because you don't have that at Disneyland. Um, that's something you want to make sure you do and see and walk through, and it's just such a fun little area. Yeah, so long story short, Magic Kingdom does not equal Disneyland. It's even, even the things that are similar, there, there are definitely little differences. Absolutely. So I know some of my favorite shows are at Disneyland, but I have a few at Disney World that are also some of my favorites. Um, what's the biggest difference to y'all as far as shows are concerned between the two parks? Um, for me, I typically, I don't do a lot of the daytime shows, but I know there's there's more of them and they're all inside, which is really nice for an inside break. Like I, I'm thinking of the ones at Disneyland, like uh, the Mickey one that's close to Toontown in the back in Disneyland, that one's an outdoor stage and... Um, I know the one that's uh, next to the castle where they kind of have the the princesses and everything that that one's still technically outdoors. The The nice thing about Disney World is that there's a lot of shows and they're they're inside. So like um, I think of Animal Kingdom, uh, Festival of the Lion King, that one's inside. Nemo is inside. So if you need like that nice midday break, especially when you're talking about Florida, which yes, California and Florida are both hot, but Florida, you throw in some rain you throw in some humidity it changes how your day goes um and then the other biggest difference i think really with shows for me is the nighttime shows is different so you that's something you absolutely kind of have to plan out which show you want to do at night do you want to do the fireworks at magic kingdom do you want to do phantasmic in um you want to do Fantasmic at Hollywood Studios, which that one is different from Disneyland because it has its own dedicated space. It has its own dedicated stage. Which show do you kind of want to do to wrap up your night? Yeah, and, and speaking of that, like, especially for a first-timer going to Disney World, um, and, and if you've been to Disneyland and kind of sit, so Disneyland, I only do a park hopper. It makes sense. The parks are right by each other, like Jeff said. Um, and I always do a minimum of three day park hopper. So that way we can see all the shows at night, go back and forth and get everything done. But for Disney world, if it's, you're going to be your first trip, 
I definitely recommend just doing one park per day just because, as we mentioned earlier, you can't walk between parks. You have to take a transportation method. That adds a lot of time. And then plus, there's just so much to do and see in each of the parks. And if it's your very first time there, you're going to want to be able to see and do, you know, as much as you can. So just do one park per day for your first trip. So that way you can really, you know, immerse yourself in that park and get to do all the fun things there. And right now there isn't park hopping uh, because of the at least temporary changes that Disney World has made. Um, But even before that, I mean, that was one of those things where you really needed to think about it. I think with Disneyland, it was almost an automatic just because the parks were right there. But with Disney World, you know, even if you do have a park hopper and you're there for five days, there's a good chance that you're probably, especially considering how much bigger the parks are, how much hotter it can feel depending on what time of year you're there, there's a good chance you might only be doing one park a day on most days and maybe only a couple of days where you, you decide to do two. And it even depends on where you're staying too. Um, so yeah, really mm-hmm. uh, right now, Disney World isn't doing park hoppers, but that won't change your Disney World experience because you really you tend to focus on one park a day. And I mean, that's something I even tell clients myself, like at Disneyland, I do, I, I park hop, you know, because it's so close. But Disney World is one of those where, like you just said, Jeff, like you don't know where your day's going to take you, you know, so there's some days where it's like, we're, you know, we're having kind of an off day at Epcot. We want to go spend the rest of the day at Hollywood. You know, we'll do that. But um, oftentimes I don't suggest that for first time visitors, like take an experience that full park in that whole day. And, and especially right now yeah. where the crowd levels are so much lower there yeah, and the rides are all pretty much, you can walk on pretty easily. There's not the, the ride, the lines haven't been too long. It's you probably are pretty safe going to a park and being able to do what you what you want to do within that day. Yeah, that that sounds amazing to be able to, you know, watching a lot of our um, agents at the Walt Disney World over the last two months now. Gosh, it's been it's been open for almost two months. Um, and seeing, you know, just how much they're getting done in a day, um, you know, compared to, you know, pre COVID and everything. It's, um, it's amazing what they're able to experience right now in one day at a park. Yeah, because back before, you know, and this this may be the system they go back to. I'm, I think everybody assumes they're, they're going to bring back FastPass Plus. You'd have to mm-hmm. really plan out your park day that way. So right now you have to plan literally which park you're going to go to. But before, you'd only get three FastPasses in one park per day to start. And then you could get more once you were done. But chances are, depending on which rides you were, you were able to get, when you were able to get them, you probably weren't getting that many more fast passes. So, you know, now instead of figuring out, okay, we're going to do this ride, this ride, this ride, and our day revolves around that. It's just literally the whole entire park, which it would have been that way anyway. So, um, you know, that, that may have changed, but you still kind of have to plan out around which park you're going to go to. And again, the transportation yeah. thing is, is a big reason why. Yeah, and, and to your point on the fast passes, so, you know, when that was something that, you know, now the park pass reservation is what's determining, you know, what park you're going to each day because you have to have that park pass reservation. But before when fast passes were still happening and, you know, when they return, which we all expect them to, um, you know, you get to plan those out 60 days in advance and, that's that's what basically determines what park you're going to go to each day. And that's what, that was really hard for me when we were planning our first Walt Disney World trip, because 
again, at Disneyland, we always had a park hopper and you don't get a fast pass until you get into the park. So it didn't matter where we wanted to go. It just, whenever we woke up and we're like, you know what, we feel like starting at Disneyland today or, or California. Um, but with Disney world, you really have to pre-plan that. So that way you can snag those fast passes. Um, and then that was another, another thing that was, um, you know, a big shock to us was that because you have your three fast passes and one of them might not be until five o'clock in the evening, um, that you don't get to get many more fast passes beyond that, um, because of the availability and they might all be gone by the time you use those up. So knowing that, okay, you get three rides and then beyond that, it's whatever you're willing to wait in line for. Um, whereas Disneyland, you know, we, we always did max pass and for the most part, you know, we never waited in line longer than 25 minutes at Disneyland. Um, and we're still able to do pretty much everything we want to within a day. So definitely a big difference there, you know, when those fast passes come back and how you have to kind of pre-plan that and set those expectations of what you're going to get to accomplish. But that's also why right now is a great time because the crowd level is so low, you're really able to do, you know, everything you want with such a minimal wait time. Yeah. And a little more freedom, just, just that little bit in that one particular park, you can be like, Hey, do you feel like, you know, if you really wanted to do Splash Mountain, but the only fast pass time that was left was like 8 a.m. in the morning or like the first thing when the park opens, like, do you really want to be feeling wet all day? <laughs> or now it's like you can just kind of figure out what time makes sense. Well, we can go at three when it's, you know, gonna, the hot, sun's going to be blazing hot or you know that there's rain coming at a certain time. Like if you had a fast pass when it's raining, did you really? Well, you're already wet. So I guess that makes sense. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where you can you have a little more freedom in, in what you can do because, you know, things happen. You know, life happens even when you're at an amusement park, especially if you have young kids with you. Um, you can kind of go with the flow instead of trying to trying to say, no, we have this fast pass at this time. So this is a time like if you feel like you need a little more flexibility in how your day goes, this is not a bad option right now. To me, it's like visiting yeah, Disneyland, and the, to be honest with you, because there isn't yeah, any Yeah, how exactly. It's just go with the flow, whatever you feel like doing, um, you know, stop by each ride. I mean, it, it sounds, you know, that's just, that's how Disneyland is as far as it's really laid back and you just kind of can, can pick and choose what you want to do when you're there in the moment or at Disney world really to get the most out of it. And again, like I said, if it's your first trip or maybe the only trip you think you're going to take, you want to get that most out of it and, and pre-plan it. So that way you don't miss any of the, you know, really special moments. Um, another really big difference, that we found too was um, character interactions within the park. So at Disneyland, um, you know, when you walk into um, to Town Square in Disneyland and then also at California Adventure, you see, you know, you're going to see Goofy or Pluto or Mickey or Minnie right there outside signing their autographs and taking their pictures all again before anything started happening with um, all of the social distancing. But that was kind of the expectation there. And then there were a few characters you'd have to wait and go through the line, like Mickey Mouse back in Toontown and Minnie Mouse in her house. Um, but a lot of the characters are just out and about and you'll see them within the park. Whereas Disney World, uh, you know, you, you would have to use a fast pass for them if it was somebody you really wanted to see. And you have to, you know, it's all inside. But the nice thing about that is some of them have really cool themes as far as the backdrop that you're going to get with your picture. It's not going to be, you know, a bunch of people standing around waiting to see them. Um, so that's kind of fun because those, um, those photo pass photos come out really, really nice. 
Yeah. And again, one of those, uh, a lot of them do have inside lines, like at Town Square or at Town Hall and, and um, in Disney World and in Magic Kingdom, you know, I know those, both of those lines are inside the Mickey at Animal mm-hmm. Kingdom's inside the Epcot ones. And like, these are all lines that are for the most part inside. Yeah, Hollywood like, Studios. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all pretty much inside. And Hollywood Studios has um, Wizard Mickey. I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, Sorcerer Mickey. But yes, that was. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Sorcerer Mickey. My husband was so excited because that's his favorite Mickey. So um, that was fun to get to see him. Yeah. No, and that's the thing is so, and that's the thing, it, the characters are going to be different, you know, in, in, in uh, California Adventure, you're going to get kind of the old timey characters. In Hollywood Studios, you get Sorcerer Mickey and a little more kind of the, the Hollywood like more not so old school, but I think, you know, you get a little bit of a different side of it or you go to animal kingdom and you get, uh, you know, safari Mickey and you go to, you know, there, there are going to be little bit, little differences in what characters are there and what opportunities there are for, for photo pass type things. Well, and talking about photo pass, I, I, we haven't hit magic band yet. And I think this is a good place to kind of bring this in. So I actually like the photo pass system. It does not a lot better than I do at Disneyland. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with the magic bands and really just the liberty of just handing somebody over to your wrist and, you know, they're able to put that photo onto your wrist rather than you having to dig through your purse and look for, you know, a ticket. So I think that's one of the pluses to Disney world too. And it's also part of the planning of it is the magic bands, which are only including the packages this year. Um, is one of the differences too. Yeah, Magic fans were huge. I just, it was such a, um, just getting the box in the mail with our Magic Band just made it feel so real. And just one of those things that, you know, you see and until you actually go and, and wear it and use it, it's just like, it's just, it's, it's really special. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, and it might sound silly to somebody who goes to Disney World all the time. Like, what do you mean? I have, you know, tons of these. They're not a big deal, but when you're used to Disneyland where you don't get those and then you go to Walt Disney world and you get those and that's how you open your hotel room and that's how you can pay for merchandise and get your um, photo pass photos. So to your point, you don't have to, you know, dig through and find your photo pass card or end up with 20 that you have to link at the end of your trip because you <laughs> forget where they are. Um, but it's just so, it's so nice to have those. Um, and then it's a fun souvenir as well. Just kind of like, you know, collecting ears and stuff, collecting the magic bands and, we ended up, um, how it works right now is with a vacation package through the end of 2020, you'll get a free solid color magic band um, per person with a vacation package, um, but you can pay a little bit and upgrade to like a character band. So we did that. Um, two of us went with solid colors and then two of us picked character bands because they had some available that we uh, really wanted. But the other thing we didn't know and we didn't expect that when you got to the parks and when you got to Disney Springs and all the stores that they sell like so many more magic fans than were even available for us to choose from online. So that was a really fun thing as well. Cause again, it's another thing you can kind of collect um, like pens and ears and stuff like that, but they're also really practical and useful. Staying on site at Disneyland, you get a park ticket, you get a card for a key card for your hotel room. You, you know, it's this stuff that can start piling up where you have all of these little cards and pieces of paper and things like that. Um, it's gotten less over the years, but you still have at least two separate cards for your hotel room and for your ticket. Well, now, instead of having that, it's all in one. 
You can set up a payment card on it. So if you want to use it, you know, let's say for me, I like doing uh, food and wine and going around the world. Well, it's just easy where I just go up, boom, tap your magic band, put in your pin number, boom, you get your food. You don't have to dig around and get your wallet. So let's say you get like a drink at one booth and then you want to go to another booth for the food. You're not digging around for, for what you need to do that. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, you know, it's the magic band just takes everything and puts it all together. So it's just right there on your wrist, easy to do. As long as you have that, you're, you're pretty much set. Yeah. And we should note that even though it's not going to be included in vacation packages starting in 2021, you can still buy them and link them to your tickets for Walt Disney World. So you can still use them um, and uh, have the benefit of that, which is really nice because like I said, I love that feature. The convenience of it is amazing. And again, it's just a fun item to collect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I have, yeah, you can, they have ones with different characters. They have some that you can even customize. So let's say you've ever done a customized phone case. They even do customized magic bands. Um, it's it's just one of those fun things that, you know, it's, it's a memorable item. And it's, look, if you think you're going to start going to Disney World more often, you can reuse it. It's not like you use it for that one trip and you're done. It lasts for a few years. So you can keep using it as, you know, up until I think the batteries die at some point. But you know, if you're, if you're thinking you're going to go like once a year, well, you got to, it'll last you a few trips. Oh, and then if you go to um, Disney's Magical Express, when you land at the airport, works there too. Mm-hmm. Right about that. Yes. Let's talk about Magical Express. Because <laughs> that, like that is truly magical, you guys. Um, and that, I mean, I know it's a little different right now, but that is magical. Jeff, do you want to talk about it? Do you want me to? <laughs> So I, I lived in Los Angeles for six years. I, I'm currently in Texas. And, you know, for me, I lived, quote, close to Disneyland. It was like, depending on what time. If I left at like 7 a.m., I could get there in 30 <laughs> minutes. If I left at 10 a.m., I'd get there in an hour. Um, you know, the, the main airport serving the Los Angeles area and really Orange County is LAX. LAX has the most flights, has the most options. There's a that but the problem is LAX is depending again depending on the time you land it's one of the world's busiest airports it's a very big airport it's hard to get in and out of you take the 405 to get down to Disneyland and it's you know you're talking a couple of hours but once your wheels hit the ground you're probably a couple hours away from Disneyland at least and at least yeah yeah and then once you get there so, so there's that, or you can try, maybe you're lucky, you can get a flight into John Wayne. Uh, JetBlue is now leaving uh, Long Beach, so that's not going to be an option anymore. So if you can get John Wayne, that's great. You're, you're pretty close. It's probably about the same distance as Orlando, but you'd still have to pay extra for transportation no matter what you did, even the one that Disneyland had, had hired for a while. Um, with Disney World, if you get a package through if you're staying on on site disney's magical express is the bus that can take you to your resort and take you back to the airport it's very easy um so right now it's september 2020 they aren't picking up your bags at the moment but normally they that is something that they are able to do is get your bags that you have checked and take it to the hotel right now they're not doing it but it's expected that they 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 may bring that back you go you check in no extra cost if you're staying on site, it will take you to your hotel room. 
um, and you they they have um, you know they have kind of like cartoons that they show on your way in. They tell you a little bit about your park, a little bit about hey, this is how you check into your room when you know as you're going on your way, use your phone to check in, and all these little helpful hints and kind of get you really prepared for the Disney World experience. And so it takes you from Orlando right directly to your hotel. So it's one of those just it makes life a lot easier, especially if you you know you may have a fair amount of baggage or if you're, you know, you don't want to try to figure out, do you want to take an Uber? Do you want to take a taxi? Do you take this service, that service? It's run by Disney. You're going to get there. You're going to get to your hotel room directly. And it's, it's, it's just really nice to be able to have that and know that you're going to have that when you land. And it's a lot closer than LAX, a lot closer. Yeah. And one thing that um, now, again, we're in September, 2020, so some of this is not happening right now, but in normal times, um, they also do have some of the re- some of the resorts on property also have um, airport um, baggage drop for your return flight, which is awesome as well. So when we checked out of Art of Animation Resort, um, you know, the day before we got our letter at our in our hotel room stating what time the Magical Express would be picking us up <clears throat> to return us to Orlando, um, and that morning when the day we were departing, we were able to just take our baggage to. Um, the, there's a designated little room at Art of Animation and at certain other resorts. We were able to go in, check in for our flight right there, print our boarding passes, give them our checked baggage with the, with the um, sticker on it for it to get to the right destination. And then we didn't see our checked baggage again until we landed in Dallas. So that was amazing. Again, it's just so convenient, so magical. It's just extra magic and pixie dust. It's kind of sprinkled um, through the vacation that, Again, you don't experience at Disneyland if you're flying in and traveling. Disneyland, we always drew, but, uh, or drove, excuse me. But um, at, um, yeah, in Florida for Magic Kingdom, Disneyland's Magical Express is, it truly makes the beginning of your vacation so much less stressful. Um, and then even to the end, you just feel like you have Disney magic as you're leaving. Yeah, I think, I think it's the onboard experience where you do get the Disney cartoons, you get the tips, you get, oh, man, we're going to Disney World. You really feel it. You know, it's, it helps. It yes. really, you know, there's a little time between the airport and the park and, and, and Disney World, but hey, it's definitely not, it's like maybe 30 minutes depending on maybe yeah. sometimes. It, sometimes it, it, it depends on what order they drop you off, but still, it's like you, you're still there. It's still just so much easier and it, it is comfortable. It's a, it's a coach. It's a coach bus. It's not so. Yeah. It's a motor yeah. coach. Yeah. You get plenty of space. It was, not, it was not bad. It was super comfy. The cartoons were great for the kids who, you know, mm-hmm. for us, they had a few hours of flight. Um, but the thing I do like to suggest to my clients is um, because it can be, you know, 30 minutes or so um, is if they pack some snacks on a carry on, then they can kind of have those snacks mm-hmm. on the, on the motor coach or, refill their water at the airport before they um, go down to get on Disney Magical Express, just because again, it is going to be, you know, a 30 plus minute drive to get to the resort. So that's a little tip um, for clients to keep in mind, but great, a great service that's Mm -hmm. super valuable. And it's, and it's not like you have to keep your schedule. Like if your flight's delayed, they got more, they, they run all the time. If you land at like 3am in the morning, they're running. You don't have to worry. If your flight gets delayed, it's like, Oh, my ride's still there. That's awesome. Yep. We actually had a, I had a client, um, they're traveling soon and they're actually, they're flying in from the West coast. And so they're, um, they're getting in kind of late and they have younger kids. So they're going to actually stay at the, at the hotel there at the airport, um, the night they arrive and then take magical express the next morning. So yeah, that was really nice that it wasn't, you know, it's not like it's linked to the 
the time they arrive and the flight they arrive. If your flight's delayed, if you, you know, miss it or whatever, you can, you can get on it as long as you have your reservation um, information. They'll get you on a bus and get you to where you need to be. Well, and I, I like how y'all brought up the uh, resorts. There is a big difference to me as far as Disneyland and Disney World, um, in particular, the Good Neighbor Hotels. Uh, did y'all want to touch a little bit on those? So let's say you want to stay on site at Disney World uh, and you've stayed on site at Disneyland. So you can start with um, Grand Californian, which is cream of the crop of probably any Disney hotel anywhere. It's one of, one of the best. Uh, then Disneyland Hotel and Paradise Pier. Those are your three options. And it's uh, Grand Californian and, and Disneyland are probably what would be considered deluxe at Disney World. And then Paradise Pier would probably be close to deluxe slash more on the moderate side. When you talk about what you get in Orlando at Disney World, you have a lot more options. Even among the different deluxe hotels, uh, you you know, one deluxe hotel is not the same as another deluxe hotel. You have a lot more things to consider because at Disneyland, they're all pretty much right there. They're all pretty much walking distance. Disney World's, there's not many that are really walking distance. And then you get into, okay, do you want to be in the Magic Kingdom area? Do you want to be in the, um, do you want to be in the Epcot area? Do you want to go with a value resort, which for some families may make more sense. And that's an option that you wouldn't get at Disneyland. So there's really a lot of different ways you could go. You could even um, like, uh, I know some people know about uh, Disney Vacation Club. Um, you can get a villa at one of the Disney Vacation Club resorts and just pay for it like normal with, uh, with a Marvelous Mouse Travels agent. And that's an option that's available to you because they, they sell those, I think, starting, what is it, seven months out? Um, they open those up to everybody. So there's a lot more options in terms of what you want to do with your Disney World uh, hotel room. Is Where do you want to stay? Is There's a lot more options if you want to be on site. Yeah, and then when you're talking about Disneyland, um, what you would be looking at for probably more of the um, value resort that you would find at Disney World, you're going to start looking into the Good Neighbor Hotels at Disneyland. Um, now, there are plenty of Good Neighbor Hotels at Disneyland. Um, they're obviously not Disney property, but you can still book them at, with Disney vacation packages through Marvelous Mouse Travels. And um, we've stayed at tons of the Good Neighbor Hotels because what we did, you know, we lived in Northern California, so we would drive down for a long weekend and do three-day park hoppers at the park and then drive back. So we never, you know, we never enjoyed the the resorts. We never enjoyed the pool or anything. I was a we were, you know, rope drop to close fireworks type group the entire time. Um, so the resort and all the different amenities it had was never, you know, as important to us. We never took that resort day to hang out at the pool or anything. So we stayed at tons of good neighbor resorts um, or good neighbor hotels right there by Disneyland. So many of them are walking distance. Some of them are actually even closer than the Disneyland hotel is to Disneyland. Um, and uh, so there's plenty of options for different budgets. They do have like a shuttle that runs. Um, from the resort uh, to the the park entrance that there's a small fee for that it's the Anaheim, Anaheim rapid transit system so they have those that'll run so if you don't want to walk but honestly there are so many of them are within walking distance to the parks that it, it gives you plenty of options um, for larger families that might need suites and those kinds of things um, so that's a great option you know to have that and to know that you can still book that as a Disney vacation package and 
um, get some great deals with, uh, with the Good Neighbor Hotels there at Disneyland. And and I think that's something you talk a little bit about transportation at Disneyland. They had the shuttle there. And I know a lot of the good neighbor hotels do have options to get to the park at Disney World. But um, Disney World, in terms of transportation, there are a lot of advantages to being on site. So um, whether you talk about the Skyliner, which now that's the first non-bus form of transportation you can uh, take to a park from a moderate hotel, which Caribbean Beach has. It goes to Caribbean Beach, and then also from Art of Animation. Um, yeah, so you have that option, and Pop which is, Century right there. Yeah, and Pop Century right there. So that's a big, you know, that's a big thing. Is transportation options is really a big, uh, you know, big reason why Disney World you stay on site. Yeah, value may make sense because you do have the Skyliner that can take you to either Hollywood Studios or Epcot. Um, or, you know, maybe you're looking at a deluxe hotel and you want something more similar to that Grand Californian experience or, or Dis- even Disneyland hotel experience. I mean, you can, there are some hotels in walking distance, whether it's the ones in the Magic Kingdom area that all have the monorail there. So you can easily take the monorail to get to Magic Kingdom Park or take um, transfer to the monorail that goes to Epcot pretty easily. Uh, maybe you want to stay in the Epcot area. If you want to know what the closest hotel to any park is, it's Beach Club because you can literally get out and it's probably about the same distance as eh, a little bit longer than Grand California because Grand California is literally right there next to uh, California Adventure. But um, in terms of Beach Club, you can get to Epcot really easily from there, from Boardwalk, uh, from um, Yacht Club. So, you know, there. when you start looking at hotels, there's a lot more options and a again, this is kind of that planning thing where there's some other things you need to consider. Like, okay, do we think we're going to go to Epcot a little bit more than maybe one of the other parks? Maybe we really want to focus on Magic Kingdom a couple of days. Um, Maybe we want a hotel that's a little further away from things. Maybe we don't want to be right next to the park. We want something that's kind of out in, you know, something that's a little, maybe you're better with a moderate like uh, Port Orleans or, um, or Coronado Springs, or maybe you want something really super unique and you want to be near Animal Kingdom and have all the animals outside your room and do one of the Animal Kingdom lodges. So, you know, see right there, I just riffed off all those. It's, there's a lot more options. So there's a lot more things you can consider. And honestly, more for, at least for onsite, more, um, more room options, I'd say, because it's pretty much a (laughs) Disneyland. It's just, you know, you get your typical couple of beds. If you get a suite, you know, you might get three Mm -hmm. beds, with Disney World, depending on the hotel, you may get some themed rooms. You may get some family-oriented rooms. You may get some there, – there's a villas, like I talked about earlier. There's a lot more options. Yeah, there's and there's, there's just so much more value um, to staying on property when you're talking Walt Disney World because, again, of how big it is, the different means of transportation to get you around. Um, and so for people that – you know, maybe done Disneyland tons of times, maybe you're from California or Arizona and you drive and you do Disneyland a, a ton. Um, when you're thinking about Walt Disney World for your first trip, staying on property is, it's just such a huge value. It's not like Disneyland as far as just the lay of the land, the size of everything and the amount of options. Like Jess said, there's just so many options at Walt Disney World. There's something for every budget. Um, and then again, you get different theming within the different resorts and they do an amazing job because it's Disney, of course. Um, and then just the transportation and getting to and from the parks. And it's just all so easy and so convenient to have an on-site property at Walt Disney World. Okay, let's do one last question before y'all go out. I'll give y'all a second to think about it. Um, first-timer advice from a Disneylander going over to Disney World? 
what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Normally, 120 <laughs> days. That is the day you can get restaurant reservations. <laughs> Normally. Now, right now, it's 60 days like Disneyland is. But if they go back, and I imagine they will, to 120 days, that's six months out, you probably need to know if you want to do any um, dining 120 days. That's how far out you really need to start thinking about that because there are some, uh, some restaurants that are gone very, very quickly, especially if you want particular character meals or if you want really fine dining, you, 120 days. That is something that you, it's really, you're, you're going to have to start planning out that far in advance. Um, yeah. I'm sort of oh, hoping that they keep the 60 days. <laughs> Reality. That'd be nice. <laughs> That'd be nice if they kept it's the 60 really days. It's really convenient. Yeah, but, it is. I mean, just because it, people are willing to book it out that far. I remember my mom, when she did Disneyland, I think, for the first time, she called 60 days out thinking she had to be right on it. And she was like, all right, if I don't get this reservation time, I'll go for this reservation time. If I don't get this, I'll get this. And they, she got every reservation time she wanted, and she was shocked. And that's just the yeah. Disneyland lifestyle is so different. So yeah, 120 days out is normally what you have to start thinking about um, dining reservations right now. Again, that's a reason to go now is you can do dining reservations 60 days out instead. So you have a little more time to think about it. But um, yeah, really just plan, be ready to kind of have backup plans, have something ready to go in your back pocket or think about, okay, if I don't get what I want on this day, what's another day? Let's say, you want to do a certain park on one day, but that ends up not being an option. What's your backup day and figure out kind of start prioritizing things like this is the most important then this, then this, and then everything can kind of fall into place from there. That's great advice. Um, what about you? Amy? So I agree with what Jeff said, as far as, you know, knowing what your dates are and, and really kind of having that plan A, B and C. Um, but probably my biggest one to help with that plan A, B and C is to get a travel agent. It's 100% worth it. Um, it's free. There's no extra cost. And you get a ton of support and guidance to help, help you navigate all of these differences and make sure you get the most out of your vacation. Yeah, especially if there's a promotion that comes out, like because you are probably booking this a little further advance outside of promotion windows. And when that promotion comes, the travel agent will, be right, will know when the promotions are released and will be able to call in and see if they can get you a little savings on your room or your package. Those are the best days when I get an email client saying, hey, I just saved you a couple hundred bucks on your vacation package. Yeah. And yeah. And especially for first timers, you, you haven't been, it's just get a, getting a travel agent who knows the ins and outs, who can give you the little, those little details will, will really make a difference. Thank you guys for coming on today and sharing some tips for your typical Disneylander. I'd also like to thank you for tuning in today. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be one of the first to know when a new episode has been released. If you'd like a quote to Disney World or any other destination, please email us at contact us at marvelousmousetravels.com. I'll provide a link in our show notes. We hope you have a marvelous week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.